Today we're talking about the stages we face when life is inaccessible. This is Life After Sight Loss Radio, episode 59. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast helping you discover life after sight loss. My name is Derek Daniel. I am your host and resident VIP, a.k.a. visually impaired person. Hey, if you're new to the program, welcome aboard. This is the place where we do product reviews. We talk life advice, encouragement, emotional support, relationships, technology, and so much more, all with the express purpose of helping individuals and families who are going through or facing physical sight loss. Thank you so much, guys, for joining me this week. We're going to have a great time. We're going to talk about the things we go to or go through when life is inaccessible. We've all been there. We've all faced those situations when something's not accessible. And so today we're going to talk about maybe some of the stages that we face. Plus, I've got a great tech tip for you if you are an iOS user and a recommended resource. Spoiler alert, it's a podcast I was recently on. So it's going to be a great time here on the podcast this week. But before we jump into everything, as a reminder, don't forget that you can find today's show notes at Life AfterSightLoss.com slash 059. Show notes includes links, information, ways to subscribe, and get connected. So make sure you hop on over and find those show notes at LifeAfterSightLoss.com slash 059. All right, so it's confession time just a little bit here on the podcast. I am a self-proclaimed geek. Yes, I am a geek, and I love geek culture, superheroes, and Star Wars, and, you know, things that uh, the characters on The Big Bang Theory like. I I like all that stuff. And you know what? It's okay. (laughs) We've all got our hobbies, and I love that kind of stuff. So I'm a big Star Wars fan. You know, of course, seen the movies and read the books and all that sort of thing. And recently, I wanted to start to get into the comics. Without going into great detail on why and how the stories connect, I wanted to read the comic books because those stories will make a big difference when it comes to knowing the sort of uh, entire story of Star Wars. Well, if you hadn't guessed already, comics are very visual, and there's not a huge amount out there to make them accessible to visually impaired people. Now, yes, there is some things out there that make comics some accessible. You know, some comics. There's, you know, the comics uh, that are graphic audios, if you will. So they kind of take the comic book story and put it into a uh, audio format. But there's not a huge amount of those. You know, there's not like you can just pick what you want and they make a graphic audio for you. Uh, there is a comic book store for the blind, but again, they only have like 50 comics on there. And so, you know, there's not a lot out there. It's a pretty new venture to get comic books to be accessible for visually impaired people. Well, needless to say, the Star Wars comics that I want to read are not accessible, at least not yet. So I thought, what am I going to do? Because I've run into this issue of this comic book not being accessible. And I realized as I went through this whole issue, this whole situation, there were some stages that I went through. Now, it's not really like the stages of grief, but I thought in each 
time I have come up against something that's inaccessible, I've gone through these sort of stages. Now, again, let me make this right up front, make it clear that not everybody's going to go through each one of these stages. It's not like I'm writing a book about the seven stages of inaccessibility or anything like that. These are just some of the things I have observed as somebody who's gone through things and been in situations where things were inaccessible. I thought it might be interesting for all of us to go through it together for us to remember that we've all gone through it from time to time. We're going to go through it again, and we're not alone. Life sometimes just is inaccessible. We can't access things we want to watch, things we want to read, things we want to get information about. It just becomes difficult. So let's go ahead and jump into some of these stages to give us an idea of what it's like and what we might do the next time we jump into a situation where it's inaccessible. So let's go ahead. The seven stages, at least according to me, of when life is inaccessible. All right, so first up, we have evaluate the problem. We just need to evaluate what's going on. In my case, you know, evaluate the fact that I want to read a comic book. What is it going to take? Uh, what are the things that I need? All those sort of things. Just evaluate the whole scope of it. Because sometimes it might be using a piece of technology like a computer or a smartphone. Sometimes it might be reading a printed book. Sometimes it might be accessing something when you're traveling. There could be a lot of situations. So you want to evaluate what makes it inaccessible. You know, why is it inaccessible? This is just the first stage, just just sort of sitting back and looking at all the ways it is inaccessible because of your vision loss. This can be a bit tiresome and a bit like challenging because it makes you angry that it's inaccessible, but this is just evaluation mode. That's the first stage, just taking a look at what makes this whole situation inaccessible. All right, next up, we might have something called research and development. All right, so we're going to research and develop a plan. We're going to research some ways that this might be accessible. We're going to maybe go online. We're going to find different resources. We're going to go and ask people in our community. We're going to go to Facebook. We're going to go to different groups we belong to. We're going to do some research, and then we're going to develop a plan to try to make this accessible. Now, in some situations, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to use my phone. It's inaccessible. Wait, there's screen readers built in. I just need to kind of figure out, you know, develop a plan for using those screen readers. In other situations, like for me, developing a plan to read a comic book is a little more, I don't know, um, confusing. It's a little more to do, if you will. But the next stage after just looking at what the problem is, we now we have to research and develop a plan for solving that problem. And that leads us right into the next stage. So the next stage is to experiment with the different solutions. So we're going to experiment. We're going to trial and error and research and develop and experiment kind of go hand in hand here. You know, we're going to develop a plan. We're going to go try it. If it doesn't work, we're going to go back. We're going to try again. We're going to do some more research. We're going to try it, you know, go and experiment again. What is the situation like? How can we develop a plan to do it? And then how can we execute or experiment with that plan? Because, you know, the first time it may work out great. Be like, oh, it's totally accessible. The second, third time might be better. The 10th, who knows? But we've got to experiment a little bit. we got to trial and error, see if it works. If it doesn't work, why didn't it work? That whole sort of thing. And, you know, that that's just when things are inaccessible. That's just what you do. Because the first time it may just not work and it may not be accessible until the second or third time until you figure out a different way. Or maybe you figure out a way, but then it's 
it's like, you know, there's probably a better way. So maybe I'm just going to use this way and go back to the drawing board research and develop a new plan that works a little bit better in my situation. You know, maybe somebody has said, hey, I do this. And you're like, okay, I'm going to try that. And it's like, yeah, that works, but I'd like it to do this. And so maybe for me, I want something different. So in this stage, we're just experimenting or trial, error, that sort of thing until we sort of figure out what works best for us. So the next stage is we're going to disengage from the problem. Now, this could mean we're going to disengage from the fact that it's inaccessible because we figured out a solution, or we're going to disengage from trying to figure it out. We're just going to take a break. You know, sometimes you got to. I know with my comic book issue, uh, it's like, look, I got to take a break from this. I've researched it. I've tried different things. This kind of worked. I want to, you know, maybe try this, whatever the case may be. And I just had to disengage for a bit. I just had to step back and say, okay, I'm not going to get lost in this because it's, it's going to make me aggravated or, or whatnot, you know, and all these kinds of things, the research, the uh, experiments, you know, the, the trial and error and the disengage kind of flow back and forth and back and forth because it's like, okay, I'm just going to stop. I'm going to take a break. Then I'm going to come back and do a little more research, develop another plan. I'm going to try all that plan. If that doesn't work, I'm going to try another one. If that doesn't work, I'm going to disengage and try again. You know, it just kind of, it's trial and error. It's, it's how we problem solve. And this is just one of those ways that we problem solve when something's inaccessible. You know, maybe somebody else has done it for you. Uh, just like reading a screen reader, or excuse me, using a screen reader, there are tutorials out there. You can watch them. I've done some on my YouTube channel. And so, you know, there's there's great ways to learn from that. Maybe you're a pioneer and you're learning how to do this. And so you're going to be the one to make the tutorials, but it's just going to take a while to do that. So the next stage, we just got to disengage and say either I figured it out and now I'm going to use this and not worry about it anymore, or I'm going to disengage and come back at it later so that this problem doesn't overwhelm me. Now, the next stage is something where it can probably happen at different parts, but it's this idea of coping with the emotional response, you know, coping with the emotions that we face because of the issues that we're having. Um, I think that whenever I was going through this comic book thing, you know, and I'm still kind of going through it. It really made me upset because I just realized there's still things out there that I can't access. We live in such a unique time because there's so many things in our world that are becoming accessible. I mean, from computers and smartphones to, you know, taking Uber and Lyft and uh, things like Ira. There's all kinds of great things that help us access the world around us. And it almost sometimes, uh, at least for me, makes me forget that there are things that are still inaccessible, like a comic book. And again, it's not the end of the world. It's not the huge major things, but it just is a reminder, like a like a tap on the shoulder. Hey, hey, this is inaccessible. You're blind. Did you forget that you were blind? You're blind, so you're not going to have access to this. It's almost like that little voice in your head. I don't know if you've heard that before, but it's just pounding in my head. So it, it makes me angry. It makes me upset. It makes me sad. So I've got to cope with those emotions. And the reason I put it after disengage is because if I'm trying to figure it out and I'm angry or I'm sad or I'm whatever... I've got to deal with that first because I'm not going to fix a problem. I'm not going to, you know, find a solution to the issue whenever I'm so angry and so upset. I've got to cope. I've got to deal. I've got to face those things head on first and then come back and face the problem because my my mind is not going to be clear. And that happens in a lot of things in life, but you got to cope with it. Sometimes it's going to make you angry and, and maybe you feel that way too. And I think we all come up against this. Even if we find a solution, we still kind of deal with that that uh, reminder that we're visually impaired. And, and so that's just something we have to deal with. 
Next up in this stage is you have to understand that we've been doing things all along on our own. We're trying to access the world around us on our own. You know, we, we're trying to be independent. We're trying to do things, you know, our own way and our own time and that sort of thing. And sometimes we get to this point after we struggled, after we've experimented, after we've coped with the emotional response. The next stage is we ask for sighted assistance, and that might come in the form of Ira. That might come in the form of your spouse or your family member. You just have to finally say, look, I need some help, and this isn't going to be accessible to me. Can you help me with this? Can you help me do this? Maybe it's reading something. Maybe it's help with a computer screen when your screen reader is not working. Maybe it's the color of something. You know, whatever it might be, you you finally come to that stage at some point when you just have to ask for sighted support because there are a lot of things we have access to and we can do on our own, but there are still those things where a set of good eyes just really comes in handy. And so you have to ask for that sighted support. Now, Ira, something like that, or Be My Eyes, or whatever you might use, that's a little more on your time, you know, on your time frame and on your terms, but sometimes it comes to family members and they're like, I'd love to help, but I can't right now. Can we do it later? And you're like, sure. And again, that's that reminder that you're blind and you can't do this on your own and that comes, you know, deals with those emotions again, so we're kind of roaming around. But you do have to ask for sighted assistance sometime. And and again, that's not bad, okay? I don't want to say the sighted people are terrible and you shouldn't ask for help. You should ask for help. When you need it, you need it, and, you know, good eyes are good, and there's nothing wrong with that. So ask for help when you need it, and just be aware that this stage might come whenever you're dealing with something that's inaccessible. And finally, this is kind of a throwback to the stages of grief, but we have to accept. Accept the inaccessibility for now. And what I mean by that is some things are just inaccessible. This comic book that I'm trying to read isn't very accessible. Now, you might be screaming at me like, hey, there's all these great ways to do it, and maybe I'll, you know, you'll let me know. But right now, this comic is pretty inaccessible. But that doesn't mean it always will be inaccessible. So I have to just sort of accept that it's inaccessible, have my wife or Ira or somebody give me the basic story so that I can get that information and use it for whatever I want. You know, if I want to just tabulate the information, if I want to store it somewhere, whatever I'm doing with it, even if it's just in my brain, then I need to get that information. And right now it's not super accessible, but that's just right now. At some point, it will be accessible. Maybe it'll be me pioneering it. Maybe it'll be you pioneering stuff. Who knows? But right now, we just come to the stage where we accept that it's not very accessible. We ask for that sighted support, and we continue to remember that at some point, it will be accessible. You know, touchscreens were not very accessible when they first came out. But now, there are a ton of visually impaired people using an iPhone, using an Android phone, you know, tons of stuff. The computers, all that kind of technology, they were just not very accessible. Even now, I just bought a 32-inch Vizio smart TV. Now, it's not the fanciest TV or anything like that, but I was going through the menu, and lo and behold, there was a category that said accessibility. And it has TalkBack on there. And TalkBack is a screen reader uh, based uh, through Android, but it's got TalkBack on there. And it reads me the menus. And when I go into the apps like Netflix and Hulu, it reads that as well. And it's all built in. And so things are becoming more and more accessible each and every day, each and every month, each and every year. Things are becoming accessible. So the final stage is just to accept the inaccessibility for now. So guys, there are the seven stages of 
what we do, what we face whenever something is inaccessible. Now, again, let me clarify that I'm not writing some book called The Seven Stages of Inaccessibility. There's probably maybe just three, maybe there's 12. Who really knows? These are just some of the things I have faced. And what I realized as I made this list is really these are just problem-solving stages. You know, the idea that we evaluate, we research, we experiment with things, we disengage, we cope with the emotions, all those things are problem-solving things. And when you lose your sight, you're going to face a lot of situations that you're going to need to problem-solve. You know, it could be something that's inaccessible. It could be dealing with your emotions. It could be traveling. It could be dealing with relationships and technology, all the stuff we talk about here on the podcast. And what we have to do is realize that these are just moments in our lives when we're problem-solving. I don't want you to dumb down, you know, relationships and emotions to saying, well, how can I fix this? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm suggesting is that we go through these kinds of stages and others all the time. You know, whether it's an inaccessible comic book, or any other such thing in your life, we're going to face these moments. And it's important to be aware that you're walking through these stages constantly, in and out. You know, you research, experiment, you disengage, you cope, you ask for that sighted help, and you accept where you are for now. You accept what is accessible right now. And eventually, you work towards helping things become more and more accessible. Maybe you're an advocate. Maybe you're helping somebody to live a little differently in any way that is. Maybe a podcast, a YouTube channel. Maybe you're writing a book. Maybe you're going to teach a class. Whatever it is, you're going to help inaccessibility become a little more accessible each and every day. So I hope these stages have encouraged you and help you to know that in all our life, whether it's sight loss or any other such thing, we are problem solvers. And the biggest thing to remember is that we all go through this and we're definitely not alone. All right, guys, so I got a little tech tip here for you. Recently on my YouTube channel, I did a video about voiceover labeling. If you are an iOS user, if you're a voiceover user, then you know that voiceover is a great screen reader. But because of developers and all these other sort of things, it doesn't always read the apps exactly as it should. You know, it doesn't always read the menus, the buttons, and all those sort of things. But... You can use VoiceOver to change the labels on those things. So you could change the name of an app on your home screen. You could change the name of a button, of a menu item. You could change the name, and it's really easy. All you got to do is two-finger, double-tap, and hold. It'll bring up a menu, and then you can change the VoiceOver label. Now, the thing to remember is that it only changes the VoiceOver label. It doesn't actually change the name of the app. For example, if you've got an app that's called, I don't know, radio or something and you change it to tuning this you know whatever it's not going to change the name of the app to that it's still going to say radio it's just the voiceover is going to read it differently and one thing i have found is that it will change the voiceover label on both your iphone and your ipad if you're signed in with the same icloud account i assume because i changed one on my phone and it changed it on my ipad so i did a video on my youtube channel i'm going to link that in the show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash zero five nine you can watch that video If you don't know about voiceover labels, which quite a few people who watched the video didn't, then you can change those labels. You can make it say what you want. Even if it says the right thing and you want it to say something different, you can do that very easily. So hop on over to the show notes, check out that video, and start changing those voiceover labels today.
Recently, I was featured on a podcast, and I got to be a guest, and they asked me questions, and it was a whole bunch of fun. I love being guests on podcasts, but the podcast was called Blind Abilities. Now, if you listen to my podcast, you have probably heard of Blind Abilities, but if you haven't heard of Blind Abilities, you got to check it out. Blind Abilities has been around for a long time. They do a podcast with a blindness perspective, so they do all kinds of things, stories from visually impaired people. They talk news and updates. They do interviews, a job help, the technology, all kinds of great stuff. Jeff and Pete, the guys over there, they're just awesome guys, and you need to check out Blind Abilities. So you can go to blindabilities.com, but I've linked their podcast over the website over in the show notes, and I've got a link to the episode that I did with them if you want to hear that if you haven't already. So make sure to hop on over to the show notes, lifeaftersightloss.com slash 059, and you can find the link to Blind Abilities and the podcast I did with them. Special shout out to Jeff and Pete. They were great. They are sort of the stand, the gold standard of blindness podcasting. The production value is great. They have great things to say, so kudos to them. And if you're not listening to Blind Abilities, Mm, you really should be. So hop on over to my show notes, click on them, go to their podcast, check it out. It's awesome stuff. Blind Abilities. Alright guys, well we're coming around to the final lap here of the podcast and as always I want to remind you that feedback is fun. I love hearing from you guys. It's so much fun. So today I just want to know what do you guys think about these stages of inaccessibility? Have you been through any of these stages? Have you gone through your own set of stages? What has it been like? What have you done? What have you tried? And how have you experienced things? And are you coming to an acceptance? And and all those sort of things. I would love to hear about about it because you know what it's so much fun to hear from all of you maybe you just want to say hi or you have a question that's okay too i'd love hearing from any of you guys you can do that a few different ways you can send me an email derek d-e-r-e-k at lifeaftersightloss.com you can tweet me at the derek daniel or you can send me a voicemail and the number to do that is 317-721-1027 that is a voicemail line so when you call in you can leave your voicemail like make sure sure to leave all your information. I'll feature it on the podcast and you can, you know, be heard by lots of great people. So make sure to let me know all the great stuff that you've heard in this podcast, the questions you have. If you just want to say, hey, what's going on? I love hearing from you guys. Use all those ways and let me know because remember, feedback is fun. All right, guys, just a few housekeeping items here at the end of the show. Don't forget that if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, I that would be so great. You got to subscribe so you don't miss another episode. And you can do that in the show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 059. There are buttons right under the player for Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. You can subscribe on your Android phone right there under the player in the show notes. Man, check it out because you don't want to miss another episode of the podcast. So thank you for listening and thank you for subscribing. As I said earlier, guys, I love hearing from each and every one of you. So go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash contact to get the ways I mentioned earlier and all my social media accounts as well. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, all that good stuff. So hop on over to lifeaftersightloss.com slash contact and you can find all the ways to get in touch with me. Let's get in touch. Let's talk to one another. Boop, 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 boop. What's going on, everybody? Good to hear from you. I don't know what this is. There's no edits. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just rambled for about two seconds there. Uh, that was supposed to be a phone call. Did you get that? It's a rotary. No. Anyway, forget it. Contact me, guys. So I'll stop talking and you can talk now. Your turn. Go. And finally, guys, I just want to remind you that all the information found in today's podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only. If you're in need of professional, medical, or legal advice, please seek out a specialist in your area. Thank you so much for listening wherever you are. And until next time, remember that sight loss isn't the end. It's just the beginning. My name is Derek Daniel from lifeaftersightloss.com, and I'll see you in the next one.